We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church in Eden. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Hey, great to have uh, Pastors James and Trina Roy. How good. He was like, he left it, they left it to the last minute to come in because he knew I said, oh, right, sweet, you can preach tonight then. Uh, but uh, they're having a, he celebrated your dad's 60, 70th. Wow, that's awesome. And so they've come down, seen, gone around different places. So great to have you guys with us. And uh, can we just honor them? They are, they are senior pastors of Equippers Wanganui. And uh, you guys do an awesome job. Well, it's not really a job, eh? <laughs> you serve God amazingly, I should say. And so uh, I just want to honor you guys for what you're doing up there. And man, and the church has lifted. Hey, and the, do you want it like one minute? Come on, come share. One minute. There we go. Awesome. Hey, um, oh, so good to be back here. It's good to be back in the mainland. Uh, after, you know, we've been in uh, Wanganui for six years. And uh, great to bring the kids down to Central Otago. We did uh, Danzi's Pash Mini Toto to show them what real cold is. And uh, it's been awesome um, to celebrate my dad's 70th. Uh, 21 years ago, he was diagnosed with cancer and uh, tumors the size of a football inside him. 21 years on, we, people prayed and, uh, and God did a miracle and we're still celebrating that. So, so come on. You know, someone here to, tonight needs to hear that. Um, this year in Whanganui, we're, uh, the, we've done six years in May, and uh, we're just seeing, uh, we're breaking, seeing God break through barriers that we've never seen in our time. There, uh, we, we did the hashtag 18 Believing for Greater, and that's totally what, we, what we've seen. You know, we just, uh, last weekend we had the 40th anniversary since Pastor Bruce Monk planted the church, and uh, we, we saw uh, just a weekend where the yeah, just a big attendance and just celebration. And great to have Pastor Bruce and Pastor Graham Lee, two pastors in the, uh, who've, who've pastored the church in Wanganui. But they were saying, hey, 40 years is awesome, but there's so much more. And, uh, and I reckon the same. It's awesome coming back here. It's great seeing the people that, that we knew when we were here six years ago, but it's even better seeing new people. Amen. And there's so much more here for Dunedin uh, and this church and Equippers. And so it's, uh, we're, we're living in an exciting time. So get excited if you're not already. Awesome. So good. So good. Um, it is very exciting what God's doing right now. Um, and I want to just reiterate, the power of prayer is the key. There, there's absolutely no other uh, answer apart from the power of prayer. And, uh, you know, it's not a, we're starting to see God move in different things. It's not a coincidence. It's because we're choosing the, to meet together on a Monday night at 7.30 across the nation. We choose to meet at 8.15 on a Tuesday morning for, for half an hour, just short amounts of time, but coming together united in prayer and God moves. Because God, God has a promise, right? Second Chronicles chapter 7. If my people humble them, who, you know the word, you know, you know it, eh? You know it. Yeah, so I just want to encourage you, get together with people and pray. Uh, I was talking to Matt last week about, and, and I was actually not, I was talking to our staff about prayer. I was like, hey, let's not just think about prayer, let's actually pray. And, and you know, and that was the response when Matt t- texted me that message. I was like, okay, cool. All right, it's not, I'm not, not writing back, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> 
because our, our limit of praying for you is like finding the coolest emoji to go at the end of the text. Like, <laughs> right? It's actually, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in my office in 10 minutes. Let's go and let's pray together. We, we prayed for maybe two minutes. And, and God answers prayer. And so I want to encourage you, don't, don't just emoji a prayer. Uh, <laughs> so let, let's actually just get together and pray for one another. Because, you know, I, I just believe God's going to do a whole lot of stuff. And, um, and it's, it's James chapter 5, outworking itself. And so I want to encourage you in that. Tonight, I just believe um, in the short amount of time, and if our lighting team can take those lights down just a little bit, that would be awesome. So I don't have to put sunscreen on. Um, I want to I wanna share a, a message and a thought that had came to me just a few weeks ago, and I've shared this out in the Mosgiel Church, um, but I want to share it tonight, and, and maybe it's going to take a little bit of a different bend, and, and I'm, I'm sure it's going to, I pray it encourages you. Um, everyone has probably heard of the story. It's, the great, it's one of the greatest stories in the Bible. Um, and in fact, it's one of my favorite stories. And uh, it's not David and Goliath. It's the feeding of the 5,000. Because you know, as much as I like David and Goliath, the feeding of the 5,000 involved food. And uh, hey, if it's got food in it, it's more exciting to me. And uh, I just, uh, the, the feeding of the 5,000 is just a, is, is really is a phenomenal, phenomenal act of, of, of just a, a miraculous um, time of what, what happens when, when some people get together and, and, and you know, a, a boy had two fish and five loaves and, and we just see this miracle. And, I, and it's, just a, it's just crazy because in this miracle, it, it took the disciples, they, the disciples had to distribute uh, the, 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 what Jesus was giving to them. And like, here's the thing is, so it's 5,000 men are recorded. So the historians reckon there's going to be at least some women and children there, right? And so they're anywhere between fifteen to 20,000 people. That's a lot of fish. That's a lot of bread. But for someone, who's, who's a logistical person here? Is that a right? Is that the right logistics? Logistical? F find a word in there somewhere. Can you imagine the logistics of that right now? And it just says the twelve distributed to all that were around. He says, you know, get them sitting down in groups of fifty and all that sort of stuff. So there's a bit of a plan, which was good. But here's the thing: right now, I just want twelve people to stand up, and we're just going to shoot out to Mosgill with two fish and some bread. And we're going to feed everyone tonight. Who's up for it? Yeah, yeah. That, this is the sort of thing that was going on. Um, I have heard of other miracles like this. Uh, where where a, a church was putting on a banquet for a whole lot of people. And they had, they had two servings. And they had, um, I think this was Bill Johnson's church in Bethel. And uh, they had uh, uh, ovens full of ribeye steak. And something went wrong in the communication. And so they, the, the first serving used half of the next serving's ribeye steaks. Who knows that you want to be in the first serving? <laughs> and so, but, but what they did was they're like, oh, well, what are we going to do? And so, they, so whoever was there just says, shut the oven doors. That's a great thing, right? Shut the oven doors. Maybe that could be a hashtag. Shut the oven doors. 
uh, and they shut the oven doors and they prayed and they opened the oven doors. This is true. And it was full of ribeye steak. Isn't that good? I, I'm up for miracles like that. Here's the thing. It's not, not because I was hungry. It was because people needed to be fed. Amen. So tonight I want to just share through the feeding of the 5,000. I want to read a little bit of the start of it in Mount chapter 6. And then we're going to go to John chapter 6. I've got a couple of thoughts and then we're going to pray. Amen. And then you can, most of you can have the day off tomorrow. All right. Mark chapter 6, verses 30 to 34. It may come up behind me. It says this, The disciples returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his, his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left uh, by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And the people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and um, got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them. Shoot over to John chapter um, 6, verses 5 through to 13. It says this, Jesus soon saw a a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Um, Three more verses. Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. Then the men alone numbered 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish, and all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets of scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Father, I pray tonight that you would come and minister. I pray, Holy Spirit, that through this passage of Scripture that has probably been preached an infinite amount of times. There's many things, many points, many angles, many ways. But, Lord, Holy Spirit, tonight I pray that you would speak to every single person. Lord, whether we've heard this a number of times, I pray, Lord, that you would come and move, you'd minister. Lord, may our hearts be open to you. And, Lord, I just pray tonight that as we finish, Lord, you're going to be bigger in our hearts. And, Lord, we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's a bit of context that I just want to talk about. As, as some of you may know this, Jesus was actually trying to get away for a bit of quiet, a bit of rest, because he had just found out that John the Baptist had just been beheaded. I don't know about you, but if, if you're a person who loves people and you, you're, you're, that's your cousin and it's a person who you're fond of, that's a person who, who baptized you, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe if you've just found out that he'd, he'd been executed and killed, maybe you just want to get a space, a little bit of space. 
I don't know about you, but I probably want to get a little bit of space. But the heart of Jesus says, you know, uh, well, well, okay, hold up. There's a whole lot of people following us. Okay, maybe we have to teach. And that's why I, I read Mark chapter 6 out because it says they were sheep without a shepherd. And I think whenever it comes to life, whenever it comes to anything that God is trying to use you for, you've got to understand there's probably people around you who feel like they're a sheep without a shepherd. They don't know which way to go. They don't know the direction of life that Jesus has for them. And I want to encourage you tonight, let's know the voice of God. Let's know and, and let's exercise the compassion of who Jesus is in our lives. Because what will happen afterwards is a, is a miracle that I believe God wants to show us tonight. Um, so there's, in, in this scenario, circumstance scenario, is, is Jesus, right? He's sort of the main figure. Um, there's the disciples, there's a boy, and there's a crowd. So we've got Jesus, and Jesus' main operation here or main object here is that he wants to teach. We read that in the Scripture. It says, sit them down so we can teach them. So he's teaching. There's the disciples there. What, what are they doing? They are learning, hopefully. All right, who likes learning? Uh, and then, then there's the boy. I like the boy. Uh, and really, I was just thinking about this. The boy could be many things. But for me tonight, he, the boy is what I call available. Who likes being available? Who, uh, I, you know, if someone's, he's got his lunch or he's got, I don't know. We don't know why he had two fish and, and, and loaves of bread. Maybe that was his, that his job was to go and get some food for his family and on his way home. We don't know, but he was just available. Um, and then there's the crowd. What was the crowd? The crowd's representing, I believe, a, a nation or a group of people that are searching. They're searching. I don't know. You've got to be searching if you're wanting to follow a person who's just got in a boat. I'm going to run along the shore. Have you ever tried? Anyway, but so there's a group of people. There's a crowd that is searching for Jesus. You know, I, I think I like Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. It says this, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. You know, I wanted to bring up that scripture tonight because we do plan our ways, don't we? We, we have an idea of where we want to go and what we want to do for God in life. But when we surrender our lives to God and we let Him direct our steps, this is what happens. Then we follow the steps of what, how God wants us to move. And I, I want to say tonight, let's, let's have a plan and a purpose for our life. Amen. But let's also have a humility of heart that says, you know what, God, I've got this plan, but you can direct my steps. Like this boy. This boy was like, oh, well, I've got this plan. The plan, I guess I'm, 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 I'm uh, making it up a little bit because it's not written in Scripture. But the boy's going, I've got to get this food somewhere. It's got to get from A and it's got to get to B. But then God interjects. Someone interjects, something happens in life, and the boy then becomes available, and then he then gives off his lunch. I want to say to us tonight, let's, let's be available for God. Let, let's give everything that we have to Jesus. Um, is it, I wrote this down. It says, it doesn't matter what we face in life. God has something that he wants to teach us. In this, in this story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, Jesus already knew what he wanted to do. Don't you hate that? 
I don't know about you, but that annoys me. I'm like, can you just give me a chance then? Or, or maybe that he is giving us a chance, but he knows what he already wants to do. He knows the success that he wants you to have. He knows the miracle that he wants you to experience. He, he, he knows the faith that he wants you to grow in. He, he knows the level of humility that he wants you to step into or the level of availability that he wants you to step into. And I like it, it says this, he was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. But I guess in this, in this circumstance, we choose how we want to respond. In, in life, we choose how we respond to every single circumstance that comes our way. Now, I've noticed something, and it's not always true, but I'm just generalizing. The younger a person is, there's normally a different response to the older a person is. Has anyone got little kids? And no, we're not having McDonald's for dinner. What is that experience like? Whether you say that to a young adult, no, we're not having McDonald's for dinner. What is that experience like? Similar, but different. <laughs> just having on. Just should have said youth or something. Eh? But you know, the, the younger someone is versus the older someone is sometimes. But 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 there are occasions where you say no, we're not having McDonald's to somebody who's older, and you might get a worse response than the toddler. I'm not sure, but but we choose our response in life. No no one forces our response on us. We choose our response. And I believe tonight God wants to stir us to how we respond and how we respond in faith. Because God already knows what He wants to do with us. We have a choice. But He knows the purposes and the plans that I have for you. They are for good. Who knows Jeremiah 29, 11. And so I reckon tonight, let's choose how we respond to Jesus. Where? Oh, oh. Sorry about that. Security. Have we got security? <laughs> um, what is, what's your response? Is your response like Philip? Where, where can we get enough bread for, for all these people? Or another response is, where are we going to get enough money? Right now, that's a great like. That's a great question. I know I know other pastors who have got building projects on right now as well. That's a great question. Where are we going to get enough money? I don't know, but God's got it in control somewhere, somehow. But our response is: Is, is it going to be where can we get enough bread? Or like, okay, how how big is my God? How how is God going to do this? Some way He's going to come through because knowing we get to experience this from a, a later point of view, right? We get to read the scripture and now we know Jesus' tricks. Yeah, we do. We know Jesus is testing Philip and is like, okay, so now when I'm going through something, Jesus, I know your tricks. I know you're just testing me. I know you've got it under control. Maybe you don't maybe we need a little be a little bit more humble than that. But maybe we can go up into something and say, you know what? The Lord's asking me about something right now. What is he testing me in? And what do I have faith and believe that he's in control with? I, I believe that as we get that, then God can do 
miracles. I love it in Romans chapter 4, verses 20 onwards, and I've, I've shared it over the past few weeks, but let's read it on the screen. It says this, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in, in, in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. His, in, in my translation, it says that his faith grew stronger and stronger. Uh, in life, we, we choose how we want to respond. We choose whether we're going to let something get on top of us or, or, or man, this, this circumstance seems too big. Where are we going to get bread for all these people? Not only that, where, where are we going to get bread? How are we going to pay for it? Somehow, Jesus already knows the answer. He knows the answer to that miracle that you're believing for. He knows the answer for that, for that breakthrough that you've been believing through. He knows, he knows right now if you just turn up by the gate and pray every Tuesday. He knows what, what will come from that. He knows the, the very things, the very outcome. He knew... Here's the thing. He knew that there were going to be 12 baskets left over. Unfortunately, when you were going through stuff, we don't know there's 12 baskets left over, do we? We don't know the outcome from it. But if we can stand in faith, we will know that God has blessing for us. So I just want to give us four, four real quick points, and, and I want to pray tonight for people in different areas because we want you to leave this place just knowing that you can trust God knowing that you can believe for even greater things to come in the name of Jesus. So how can I grow in faith? Well, the first thing that we have to do if we want to grow in faith is we have to look in. The first thing is look in. Look in and look at who God has made you. Look at how He's created you. Look at the giftings. Look at the grace. Look at the humility. Look at look at look at the uh, look at how He has made you. There's going to be areas that you're going to have to be polished on. Trust me, I know everyone's got areas. I've got areas that I've, I'm still getting polished on. But there's look at who God has made you. Now uh, I'm not speaking new agey here. Search for the hero inside yourself. No, no, I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying, look at who God has made you to be. Look at the gifts. Look at the graces. You know, we can, we can look up here and go, man, they're, they're, these guys have got good gifts. They're grace. They can sing. Um, there's, they can clap in time. They can, you know, they can, they can you know. But, but that's, that's just a small part. It really is. But look at, you've got to look in and who you are and what God has gifted you to be. And the person that he's gifted you to be, and then that's this is one of the biggest challenges that I've had to overcome in my life, because when I looked in, I didn't see a lot. When I looked in, I was it was it was I I, I grew up in a well, it wasn't an abusive home. It was a nice home. It, there was it was nasty in one area of life though. They did that mm, that, that carrot and parsnip mash. Who does that? Stop it. Who, who makes that still? Ah, oh, that's disgusting. My children have never experienced that. <laughs> anyway, sorry, it was just, just, it's just one of the things I need prayer for after the service. But uh, my, the home 
the home that I grew up in was an okay home. It wasn't, it was my mum and my stepdad and, and they were nice. And, you know, I, I was naughty once and I got kicked down the hallway, which I pretty much deserved. And that was the only hiding I ever got. Um, but it was an okay home. But I, but I had something that I just loved, I, I, I think, which is something for which most people do, but I yearned to know the love of my dad. I yearned every single word that he said, every, everything, I has held on to it. And, and I know now every word I say to my children is, is so valuable. And, and I ask God to help me every day. And have I fallen short? Yes, I have. But I keep, keep asking for grace. But it was, I, had, I looked inside me and there's nothing inside of me that I thought was any good. And it was, an, it was a battle that I had to overcome. It was, it was something that I had to surrender to God. And are there times where the devil tries to come and steal, kill and destroy the very seed of hope that Jesus has put in me? Yes, there is. But, but I know who God has created me to be now. I know who God. But you've got to choose yourself to look in. Are you going to let the devil rob you of the very history and the very call that God has placed on your life because of past hurts or past areas in life or the, or the way that you've been brought up? I, I don't know your story, and I'm, and, and, and I'm far from not having compassion because, because you, your story could be horrendous. But don't let your story uh, rob you from the very thing, the very call that God has for your life. We've got to look in ourselves. What do I have? Who has God called me to be? We don't need to worry about trying to sing or worship on stage or preach or be this or be that. We just want to worry about being available. Let's be the boy that was available. And out of that, he just gave over his fish and his bread, and there was a miracle that happened. But we've got to first look in to ourselves. Like Abraham, Abraham was the son of God. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, no, he wasn't. He was, he, <laughs> just checking if you're awake tonight. Abraham had a son, and, and it was given to him by God. If you know the story, it was a miracle. But Abraham had to look in himself to go, Lord, what do you mean now go and sacrifice him? Abraham had to somehow search in him and in and, and, and his spirit and go, well, I don't understand this God. But somehow you created a miracle for him to be born. Somehow I'm just going to obey and I'm going to trust you in this. And we know that as he continued on, there's even a question from Isaac. He says, Dad, uh, I know we've got the fire and I know we've got the knife, but uh, excuse me if I'm a little bit nervous here right now. Because Isaac would have been nervous if we listened to Shane Willard's teaching. What were they doing in Abraham's day? They were sacrificing children. So I'm, a, I'm assuming here, it's not read in the Bible, but I'm assuming that Isaac would have been a little bit nervous. But Abraham says, son, God is going to provide a ram for the sacrifice. <laughs> Siri, I said, God is going to provide. <laughs> God's going to provide. Abraham says, I'm going, God's going to provide a ram for the sacrifice. And he trusts, he trusts this very spirit of God that's in him. Abraham trusts it. So the first thing tonight is let's look inside us. Look inside who God's called you to be. God's graced you. You're like, here, oh, no, I don't have anything. 
I've got nothing. I'm not like that person. You don't need to be like that person. Trust me, you don't. You really, you really don't. Uh, just, just be yes to God. That's all you have to be. You don't need to, you don't need to try and be that that person. Man, can you imagine if I tried to be Brian Houston? Oh, I'd, it'd be terrible. Stephen Furtick, he's a pretty popular preacher right now. He's, he preaches some good stuff. He'd be, he's quite cool, well-known, social media. Could you imagine if I tried to do that? It's not that funny, right? <laughs> no, here's the thing. If I tried to do that, there'd be no grace and no anointing. None at all. None at all. I, I, I'm very happy being who I am. But I want you to be happy and be new who, who you are. Be available. But just, man, in this story, I, I don't even want to, I just want to be in the crowd. Because the crowd got fed and didn't have to clean up. I'm happy with that. But also the crowd got to see an amazing miracle. Maybe you want to be the boy in this. And that's cool. Be available. Give over to God. Surrender, surrender what you have to God. Maybe you want to be the disciples in this and want to be part of the, the team that's distributing stuff and, and close to Jesus. I'm, I'm cool with that as well. Um, maybe you want to be Jesus. Good luck. The last person who wanted to be Jesus didn't go out down too well. Don't aspire to that one. All right, first thing is look in. The next thing, if you want to grow in faith and you want to use what God has given you is, is we need to look up. This is Jesus took the bread and he gave it to God. He looked, he blessed it, he blessed it, looked up to heaven and he gave it to God. And anything that you do in life, if you want to be successful, you've got to give it to God. So first thing, we've got to look in, but then we've got to surrender our life and look up to Jesus. And that's a hard one as well. Or, or maybe it's not, but that's a journey, like the Christian word journey. We love that word. It's a journey of life, learning how to surrender our life to God and just going, Lord, I give it to you. And, and, and we're real good at like compartmentalizing our life. I'm going to give this bit to you. I'm going to give this bit to you. No, that's been mine. <laughs> you know, but if, if, if you want to grow in faith, you've got to learn how to look in and acknowledge who God's called you to be, but then you've got to surrender it to God. If you start, if the glory, if the glory doesn't bounce back to God, you're not going to get the glory. We are here to reflect God's glory. And He doesn't mind sharing it with you, but it's got to bounce. If you keep it for yourself, and, and uh, then that's, that, that, that God doesn't like that. There's scripture that you, I'm sure says that. Just helping you out. <laughs> Research it for yourself. There's lots. But if the glory doesn't reflect God, then you're in trouble because you're starting to take the credit. And the, God, God's the one that takes the credit. So we've got to look in and we've got to look up. But surrendering our life to God is a little bit easier said than done. And I want to encourage you tonight, wherever you are, whatever area of your life that may need to be surrendered to God, tonight we can surrender. Why? Because I want you to be part of the miracle. I want you to be part of what God's doing. And man, at the moment, as a church, I've shared this before, we're just trying to keep up. Really just trying to keep up on what God's doing. It's like he's going before us because that's what we've been praying. But now it's like, slow down, slow down. You know, but now we're like, Lord, come on. 
Let's just continue to surrender our hearts to God. Let's, let's look into what God's given us. Let's, sacri- let's, let's lay it to heaven, look up. And then we have to look out. Not look out because you're going to get boxed in the face. You've got to look out because of because no, knowing the world that you're affecting. I love this because I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I sit and I, I, I close my eyes and I think of what's going on. And uh, in fact, Desiree and I have been to the possible spot. In Israel, they're really good at going, this is the possible spot. Because um, they never want to define something. But we've been there and, and, and the, we were there around the evening. When this, you know, and it was just quite like, you put yourself in it, whether it was the spot or not. You look at the terrain and, I mean, you just think, man, this is, this is crazy. Can you imagine all the talk and the kids playing around and, you know, climbing in trees and, and mom chasing after them and saying, stop throwing stones at your sister. And, and, and you're there and you just look out and they're hungry because they're searching. They've obviously walked a long way, and Dad's like real keen to get there, and he's like, hurry up. And I'm like, I don't know about you, it's like going to the rugby, hurry up. Anyway, my son's normally running in front of me, but you put yourself in that position, and and you look out. But this is just around feeding people. You know, Jesus went on and taught but this instant is just about feeding people. I wonder what would happen if we look inside ourselves and, and surrender our gifts to God and, and, and acknowledge the gifts that God's given us. Then if we looked up and surrendered our lives to God, but then we chose not to look back in, but then we chose to keep looking out. What would happen if we kept looking out as a, as a church for the people that are around us? To the... To the, to the um, neighbors that we live next to. Uh, I wonder what would happen if we 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 baked a cake for the next door neighbors. Uh, I don't know, and some of you know about my neighbors; they're awesome. Uh, but what would happen if we, we were just looking out for people? And like in our workplace, we know that God's given us the ability. You know, if if you like sport, that's a good thing. Because your workmate might like sport as well. Why don't you take him to a game? If you like um, arts and crafts, your workmate or your friend might like that too. There'll be a connection there somewhere. God, God, God doesn't just go throw things out and see where they land. He doesn't. You might think that, oh, I've landed upside down again. I don't know. But he doesn't. He knows exactly what he's doing. Because he said so, and this, he goes, I know what I'm going to do. And the right person's going to sit there, and that person's going to sit there. It, like you're sitting on a plane or a bus, and you start talking to someone. You're like, oh, okay, I know where you put me here, God. <laughs> it's like when you get invited to weddings. Guess where they always put the pastor? Next to the uncle and auntie that need to get saved. <laughs> I don't know how many weddings I've been to. Oh, you guys would be good to talk to these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Which, please, I'm, 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 not, I'm, not, I'm happy to sit there, happy to sit there. <laughs> but God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. But I, I pray that we'll continue to look out. So let's look in and acknowledge how God's created us to be. Let's surrender our lives to Jesus. And then let's continue to look out. Um, yeah, we'll grab the music team if that's cool. 
So we've got to look in. We've got to look up. We've got to look out. Who wants to take a guess at the next one? Look down. I believe it's so important to look down in life. Not look down on people. But we've got to look down, and I'll explain that in a minute. But I love the fact that I want to read it. I want to read the last couple of verses from John chapter 6, verse 10. Tell everyone to sit down. Jesus said, so they all sat down on the grassy slopes. And the men alone numbered 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. To the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, "Now gather the leftovers, so that nothing is wasted." So they picked up the up the pieces and filled twelve baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. I reckon it's so important in life that we need to look up, or sorry, we need to look in and acknowledge who God's created us to be and be the person that God's created us to be, not to try and be someone else. We need to surrender our life to God. We need to look up. And then we've also uh, got to look out to the people that are around us. But so often, and I think this is really, really important, we also need to look down. Because what I mean by looking down is looking down is, is the very blessings and the very reminders and the, the, the very miracles that you've been a part of already. The disciples got to carry a basket each of miracles. You can call it leftovers if you want, but nothing's ever wasted in God. Your life is never wasted in God. Your life is never wasted in God. You might think, oh man, I'm just a leftover. No, you're not. Do you want to know where the leftovers went? The leftovers went on the boat that very next day. And when there was a storm and Jesus came walking on the water, where were the leftovers? The leftovers were in the boat, I'm assuming. Maybe they fed it to the fish, but at least the baskets were there. The baskets were, I'm sure the baskets would have been with them. And I'm assuming here again, and I'm taking liberty a little bit, but it's very, it's straight away they, they get in a boat to go to the other side, and then there's a storm, and Jesus walks on water. And what's, what, what's important is that we've got to look down at the leftovers because there's inevitably going to become another storm. But when we look at the leftovers of the miracles that we've just been a part of, that's how we start looking in and looking up and looking out again. And I want to encourage you that you have a basket. You're not a basket case. No, you have a basket of leftovers. And man, I love it that a church down the road at Rise has got a baptism, our baptism pool tonight. Because that's leftovers. That's miracles. I don't, I don't care that someone's getting baptized in another church. I, I, I do care. That's awesome. I don't care that it's not in our church. I, I love it. I love it when our baptism tanks here and 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 people are giving their lives to Jesus. That's because I'm just picking up a little bit of leftovers and I'm just putting it in my basket. Because I'm like, God, I don't know how you got me here. But I'm part of this miracle right now and I'm putting a little bit of leftover in here. 
I'm like, Lord, look at, look at what you're doing in, in this person's marriage, in this person's life. I'm just, I'm just going to take a little bit of that leftover and I'm going to remember it. I'm going to put it in my basket because I know that you can bring breakthrough in marriages. I know that you can heal. I know that you can do these things. For all of us tonight, we have a basket. And I pray that you'd, you wouldn't let leftovers just be left on the ground. Because the Bible said that nothing's wasted in Jesus. Oftentimes I go back and I just thank God for this miracle or that miracle. Because it's, it's, it's the leftovers. It's, a, it's, it's my basket and, I, and you've got a basket. And I pray that you've, you've got leftovers too. Maybe you're young right now and, and maybe even young in the faith. But here, if you want, I'll give you some of my leftovers. I'll tell you some of my stories of how God's come through. Maybe get, get next to someone who's got a few, who look, who's got a, got, got, got a basket full of a few leftovers as well and just ask them, tell, tell you about the story when, when how God did this and how God did this. You know, tonight I just put a few leftovers in my basket because I was hearing the testimony of Matt's nana. That's some of them. I'll fill up my basket with a little bit of that. I'll fill up my I believe that we've got to we've got to learn how to look down in life and remember the very things that God has called us to be. So let's look in, let's look up, let's look out and let's look down. I want to finish with the scripture out of Isaiah chapter 43 and I'll get the guys to put it up on the screen if that's alright now obviously this, this, well, this in the context of the scripture is, is, is talking to a nation but I want us to talk, let it talk to us as individuals tonight but it says this now, but now O Jacob listen to the Lord who created you O Israel the one who formed you says do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned, uh, burned up. The flames will not consume you. Uh, I wanted to read that out because I believe if we make it personal tonight and we can get past the looking in part because I feel like in life a lot of the, a lot of our own stumbling blocks are actually put there in front of us by ourselves because of the way we think and the way that we don't believe that who could I be that person or has God really given me that grace or has God really given me that gift and we fall short but the Lord says tonight you know I've called you my name child you are mine even though you might walk through the valley I will not let you be burned and I believe there's people tonight, I love what James said earlier, there's people tonight who need to hear the, the testimony. He's got leftovers. I'm taking some of that and putting it in my basket. I know someone who, who God's healed for 21 years. And I love how, he, how he, someone needed to hear that faith tonight. But I believe also people here need to know who they are in God, who God's called you to be. And here's the thing, if, if I can do it, you can do it. I'm nobody special. 
I'm just choosing to look in. I'm choosing to look up. I choose to look out and I choose to look down. It's taken a while. <laughs> but I look back at this and I think, man, God's just testing so that I can be the person He's called me to be. And I believe tonight God's just testing so that you can be the person God's called you to be. He really is. So, like, oh, oh, I don't know this, I don't know that. Nah, yes you do. Because it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And it's about who the Holy Spirit is, is inside of you. And so I, I, I believe for you tonight. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.